1: Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome to another episode of Life Transformation Radio. I am your host, Master Resilience Implementer, TEDx Speaker, Business Positioning Strategist, and International Best-Selling Author, Sean Douglas. This show is currently heard in over 79 countries. So whether it's your first time joining us or you've been listening to us for some time, I want to thank you to those who are listening from around the world. Life Transformation Radio is all about our transformation. Here we tell the stories of why we're doing what we're doing, we highlight that transformational moment that changed our lives, and how we use it to then transform others and elevate their lives as well. You can listen to us live right here on the Blog Talk Radio Network Tuesday through Friday, five thirty PM Eastern Time. You can join our Facebook group, Life Transformation Radio Community. Interact with the guests that come on the show and answer questions and keep the conversations going inside the Life Transformation Radio community. You can also subscribe, rate, and review the show on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spreaker, Spotify, TuneIn, Player FM, Radio Public, Overcast, Castbox, Himalaya app, the Google Play Music app, Pandora, and we are available on YouTube at Life Transformation Radio. Subscribe. Rate and review the show. Let us know how we're doing. On the show, my guests are entrepreneurs, speakers, business owners, coaches, podcasters, authors, amazing people who are impacting the world around them. And my guest today has done exactly that. If you have any questions for any of the guests that I bring on the show during our live broadcast, Tuesday through Friday, 5.30 p.m. Eastern Time, you can call us up and join the show at 657 383 1-1-0-9. Again, the number is 657-383-1109. And with that, please help me welcome to the show, my guest for today, Carrie Heaps. Carrie, welcome to Life Transformation Radio.
0: Thank you so much, Sean. It's such an honor to be here with you and your listening audience today.
1: Thank you so much for spending some time with us. We're going to have an amazing conversation and I've titled this episode Book Speak Repeat with speaker and podcaster Carrie Heaps. She's an entrepreneur of 15 years and a publisher of Pageant Platform Magazine and the host of Pageant Pla- Platform Podcast. Carrie is a sought after speaker on topics such as leveraging your publicity to close more deals, bodies don't lie, body language basics the significance of color in wardrobe, and the psychology behind it, the network game, making networking work for your business, and follow-up tips for success. She is the author of Pitch Like a Bitch, Top 10 Tips to Pitch Like a Pro. She is also the creator of the Create Your Own Media series for podcasting, publishing, and publicity. Carrie has an extensive background in sales, networking, recruiting, and training. She is a former model who specialized in trade show and print work and an experienced judge on the beauty pageant circuit. Carrie has interviewed celebrities such as co-host of Shark Tank, Barbara Corcoran, authors Larry Winget, Jeffrey Haslett, former Miss West Virginia, and QVC talk show host, Kim Parrish, and many more successful business entrepreneurs. She is a sought-after guest for many media outlets. If you want to... Book Carrie Heaps to speak, to get her on a podcast, to get her in the media. You can go to the website that is in the show note, bookspeakrepeat.com forward slash speaker, and you can learn everything there is to know about her, and get her on your show, get her on the media, and you can book her to speak. Her Facebook link is right there. Connect with her. Send her a friend request. Don't be creepy. And let her know that you listened to her episode of Life Transformation Radio. Carrie, the first question I have to ask, and I believe is the most important question you could ever ask anybody, is why? Why do you do what you do?
0: That is a great question, and yeah, it's it's been a kind of a crazy journey for me being an entrepreneur. Um, as you well know, Sean, it's never a straight line. But the main reason I do what I do with uh, Book Speak Repeat and with the Pageant Platform, you know, helping young women choose their platform, step into their power, oh, wow. kind of develop and and become, uh, you know, what would be considered modeling material until I was in my senior right. year going into college. And I just know what an effect that had on me. And I, at the time, you know, was uh, waiting tables, working my way through school. And I would have so many people tell me, oh my gosh, you look like, um, I would get comments like, you look like, Twiggy, the model from the 60s, who at the time I had no idea who she was. She really couldn't search on the <laughs> right. Internet. I'm like, okay, thank you. And then I would have right. people ask, me, have you ever thought about modeling? And it piqued my curiosity so much that I actually uh, took a trip to Tallahassee, which was two hours away from where I lived at the time, and took some, I met a, an agent there and took some modeling and acting classes from her and did some competing and some modeling competitions, which were like beauty pageants for, for models. And mm-hmm. actors, and I placed two years in a row and. I like to call it the peacock effect, where I really went from being shy to not being able to talk to anybody to kind of really um, building up my self-esteem to the, the point where if I did get rejected or if someone made a, an ugly comment to me, it just rolled off of me like like water. It did not bother yep. me anymore. And that's so powerful. And that's really why I do what I do, because I think it's so important. You know, people have a strong message to share. they got to get out there and share it.
1: Yeah, I completely, completely agree, and my message when I'm speaking on stage for one of my talks is you have the power to change lives. Everybody does. You never know what someone is carrying around with them, and you never know what you might say or what you might do today that transforms that life. You never know.
0: Exactly. And I think too, just being an entrepreneur in general, that is one thing that I do talk about. And I think there's so many people who would love to be an entrepreneur who would love to be a speaker or a writer, and they just don't know how to go about it, or they're not sure, you know, I don't know that I could do it. And I like to share my story simply because, look, this is what I've been able to do. And this is how I'm helping other people. And you really you do you just never know and it doesn't sometimes it doesn't even need to be on stage I like to share a story too where mm-hmm. I was traveling this was actually last year um, I was traveling to uh, Indianapolis I spoke at a, a big show there and I was flying back to Florida and my way to the airport, I was in, you know, one of the the vans, the caravans where they pick up people at the hotel and they'll they'll drive you to the airport shuttle. And uh, we had to stop off to another hotel to pick up another person that was going to the airport. And I wound up, we were kind of having a little bit of a conversation, but it just goes to show you how just saying a few encouraging words can really help someone. But it turns out the lady who we had picked up, she um, was getting, she was flying to another city to go for a job interview. She was getting out of a uh, domestic violence um, situation where she was being battered physically, and she was very fear- wow. fearful. And I have been through that, not not to the point where I was married, but where I was, I was stalked for two years. So I knew what she was going through. Oh, and nice. when we actually, she got off at Delta, and I said to her, I said, I know you don't know me, but I really feel, you know, I feel compelled to tell you, you know, everything is going to be okay. You know, you're, you're going to get better. You're going to get your power back. And, you know, I Mm -hmm. had shared in in the ride over there, you know, things that she could do that helped me. And I just said, you know, I, I would really like to give you a hug. I hope, I hope that's okay. And she just, she, I gave her a hug and it was like, hugging a family member that I hadn't, I could tell she really Mm -hmm. needed those words of encouragement and that hug. So even just something like that, I always tell people, talk to people wherever you're at in the airport, in in the, if you share a taxi or an Uber, you know, always talk to the person sitting next to you because you just never know if you have a message that they need to hear.
1: Yep. Oh, it's amazing. Amazing story. You never know what someone is carrying around with them you don 't and a lot and and a lot don't. of times it's simple as, as as asking I mean like you know body language right if someone's right. if someone's being withdrawn if someone 's head's hanging low if they're soft spoken, ask them if something's wrong like are you, are you okay like is everything is everything okay like smiling happy people you know who are who are uh, you know, it, in a crowd or networking or whatever, they might be dealing with something, but you wouldn't be able to notice with them smiling and having that conversation. And you're like, oh my God, that's so funny. Like, yeah, I know. And like, you know, or they're talking about a sports team or something. Like, you would never know what's going on because they're not displaying that body language. But for the ones that are, just ask. And if they say, exactly. I'm fine. Okay, okay, I guess you're fine then, okay, but at least you tried exactly, yeah, and body language is huge for speakers, especially for like models and stuff. um what I don't get though is that is the psychology of colors, so I kind of want I kind of want to hit on this a little bit uh, i've sure. worn I've worn striped shirts on stage, I've worn solid colors, I've worn pretty much every i don't I typically don't wear red, but, uh, I wear blues and grays and, you know, whatever. Um, I just, I'm, I'm like, really like it matters. Like, I mean, I'm not wearing anything ugly, but I mean, I mean, really, (laughs) like, really, like it matters. I think it matters more for women than it does for men. Like men, uh, blue shirt, black slacks, black shoes, done. (laughs) Like. So I don't
0: know. (laughs) Is it's not so much about the pattern. And I, you know, just to share a little bit about that, you know, a couple of the things that I tell people, you know, if you want to wear a pattern shirt or a solid color, that's fine, but it really just depends. Like I utilize it when I, when I do go on stage, um, I find body language and and studying color. Um, I read a lot about, I mean, I've been hooked for many years. I I used to be in the staffing industry before I went out on my own. So reading people. Uh, became a vital part of my job And I just had such an interest in it But I tell people If you ever really want to see um, People watch You know, you can really learn a lot About body language Like when you're at the airport You know, as soon as the airports reopen um, Watch people at the airport Because you see a variety Of different emotions And the different hand gestures And, and just body language basics That go with each So it's a great yep. way to uh, to spot body language But it's the same thing too with color The reason color is important is because, you know, usually when I'm teaching about this, it's to an HR group or to a sales group that, you know, they want to project, you know, project a certain image or or what can I tell from a candidate, not just by their body language, but by the the colors that they chose that day, there's always something psychologically behind it. But I tell speakers logistically, you know, a couple of things, like, for example, I will wear If I'm presenting to, let's say, for example, two years ago, I presented at the Midwest Veterinary Association. So I was in front of a lot of um, pet doctors, you know, and then, of course, some office Mm -hmm. managers, you know, for the class that I did. So I tried to get, you know, what colors would be good for, you know, projecting not so much authority, but, hey, I'm the expert here which of course you hit your standard black Navy red is actually a good color to wear, but in moderation, meaning if you're a gentleman, yeah. you could wear a tie that has some red in it. And if you're a woman, you could wear a red shirt underneath your uh, suit. I, I do that quite, quite frequently and mixing that with a taupe or a dark tan color because tan Taupe, blue, green um, are all great colors to be more. in, You know, where the audience will feel more apt to come up to you afterwards. They're more considered right. more friendly colors and open. Uh, where yep. you have your, you know, black and, and navy and, and your your really strong colors are going to be good if you're presenting to doctors, lawyers, attorney. You know, the more professional type people. But if you're, mm. you know, presenting to to an audience of blue collar people, entrepreneurs, you want to be more um, uh, approachable. To those people, because they might be a little bit intimidated by you and by your background. So, if you're wearing certain colors like blue, um, you know, the browns, any type of brown, taupe, um, tan, any of those colors, the one color I do try to tell people to stay away from or use just very little is actually yellow. Yellow Ah. is actually a color. Yes, it can institute, you know, anger. It can, you know, yellow is usually used in caution signs for a reason, because it wants the person to say, it's kind of like yelling shark when you're in the ocean, you get people's attention, their adrenaline goes up. So it's the same thing with yellow. So try to use yellow in moderation and never use it when you go to negotiate or if you're if you have a client meeting, because if there's if there's things on the table that are not cleared up, they can actually escalate. So yellow is a, is a color of caution. So just wear it in very wow. light moderation. Yeah,
1: <laughs> I would have said like I would have said like pink or purple, you know, for a guy. Yeah. I, I would have said stay away from pink or purple.
0: Well, this, the sex of the person who's wearing it doesn't matter. Just like the patterns don't really matter. You can wear uh, solid colors or you could wear a pattern. This is the actual psychology of the color, what it can invoke from the other person. Uh, it, it's very interesting. I, I find that when I do my body language uh, topic, they usually want me to throw that in to talk about uh, color as well. And, uh, you know, just to be, you know, again, they're just little things like a lot of people think green. Oh, if I wear a lot of green, it's going to attract money and wealth. And actually, if you want to, To attract money and wealth, the two colors you want to wear are uh, garnet, you know, like a very deeper shade of red and gold gold accent or, or, you know, the actual color of gold. Huh. So those are the two that are really associated more with money. So I tell people when I go to a sales meeting, if I have to go in person or do something on zoom, I have a couple of tops that I, I wear and a few accessories that are like a garnet and gold color. And uh, it, it, there is something to it. I mean, there really is. It's It's been one of my more successful outfits that I can wear to close. <laughs>
1: oh, wow. That's yeah. That's impressive. That is definitely impressive. Um, wow, I'm I'm completely completely fascinated. There's something to say about about like the body language, along mm-hmm. with the clothing, because people's nonverbals just ruin stuff. <laughs> like they just okay. like I can't tell if you're mad or upset. Like, are you okay? Like, oh, I'm fine, I'm fine. Like, you don't you tell your face about it because it, it's really it's. You look upset, (laughs) you know, um, talk about like, like, is it only for body language? Is it only the face or is it like arms closed, arms open? There was, I, I've, I've learned a long time ago, um, learning, speaking and stage presence and things that, uh, you want to keep your palms open. Um, don't cross your arms, um, make sure you're always in, in, you know, having an inviting posture, uh Things like that. The, you know, as a speaker, you want to be approachable. You want to be inviting. You want to make the room safe. And there's things that we can do to do that. But there's also, I've been, I've, I've actually sat in the audience. I'm like, what is he do? No, don't, ah, no, because <laughs> I know, like that's just so bad. <laughs>
0: Yeah. Well, you know, it is interesting. And I tell everybody if they want to learn more about body language, there's a really good book out there. It's called What Everybody Is Saying. And it was written by a gentleman. He's a former, I think, FBI or CIA agent who I think did a lot of undercover work. It's it's a great book. And, it, it you know, so that's a good book to purchase if, if people are looking to learn more about body language. But, yes, definitely when you are on stage, keep your body should always be open your palms should always be open. Um, don't cross your arms. You know, if you have a, a lavalier or a headphone microphone and your hands are free, um, try to use them when you're talking. Keep your body language open, meaning it's shoulder to shoulder with the people that, you know, you're in front of. Now, I typically, this is a little bit harder to do when you're doing a keynote. I don't do any keynotes. None of my topics. They're they're more They're suitable for workshops and breakout sessions or private training, but I don't really have anything suitable for a keynote. So it is a little bit harder when you're doing a keynote because there are so many more people but keeping your body language open, meaning you're facing the audience directly, your, you know, your your whole torso, your body is open. You're not crossing your, your hands um, over your body. That's usually considered negative. But when you're watching the audience, you know, a good thing to watch out for is, you know, are, we always wonder, are we losing the, you know, what's going on? It's kind of like if you make oh, a joke, yeah. you, there's crickets and you're like, uh-oh.
1: Right. So Ah, crap. <laughs>
0: Yeah. So some of the things you can always watch out for, too, is that, um, you know, are there is their body language? Is it considered negative? Like, are they do they have their arms crossed? Are they leaning back further in their chair like they kind of want to take a nap, Um, you know, that they're losing interest? Are they moving further away from you? Are they um, is their eye contact breaking? Now, obviously, people are taking notes. That doesn't apply. Are there notes Um, closing? Yeah. Yeah, so if they're taking I've notes, I've seen that. They, yep. Yeah. Well, I've had it, and I and I know this happens to everybody. But you know, when you're at the bigger shows that are going on for two or three days, sometimes you have a couple of people who, you know, have signed up for your workshop in the morning at eight a.m. and they went out and partied the night before, and they're tired or hungover, and they're just they they fall asleep, you know. <laughs> <laughs> or they're just looking yeah. for a place like, Hey, I have to be here. And they just kind of, they're in the back and they're kind of nodding off. Yeah. I never count those people, but logistically the right. ones who, you know, if they're sitting more towards the edge of their chair, their, their eyes are following you. Um, if you are not on stage, you know, if you're able to be down on the ground where they are, you know, if their eyes are following you, those are all good things. But if you start to see them push back in their chair, you know, um, like they're getting a little too comfortable or their arms are crossing. Now, one thing, one key thing too with body language, and I tell everybody, you know, it's three things you always want to keep in consideration are, you know, is this person, are they personally known to you? Because sometimes too, I I have a good friend who, she crosses her arms all the time, but she's one of those very cold, like she wants to wear a sweater when it's 90 degrees outside. She's just always cold. So she's constantly, you know, like, crossing her arms to keep herself uh, warm. So do you personally know them? Are there certain things that they're doing that you know that they just automatically do? Um. So right. you know, realizing that and then the setting is always important. You know, they're there to learn. Um, so you and, and a lot of people think, gosh, an hour, that's a long time to talk or 45 minutes. And I'm like, well, actually, it's not. But it is for the people who are sitting there If you don't keep it interesting. Um, so sure. I tell people, if you see them start to cross their arms or their legs and they're they're kind of their postures moving away from you. You're kind of losing them. So what I'll do, like with my body yep. language class, I'll immediately move. if I see that I immediately move to the hand handshake, where they have to get up and and shake each other's hands. I have them do it twice. I do it before I, I share my information on handshaking. And then I have them do it again after I share, you know, this is what you can tell from a handshake. So it gets them up, it gets them moving. So you could even if you see that happening, throw a question out to the audience. How many of you, let's see a show of hands. How many of you, blah, 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 you know, Um, do something to get them involved and bring them back to you. Um, But your body language, it's from the top of your head, all the way down to your feet. You can actually tell more from what people do with their feet than any other part of the body, which sounds odd, but there's a lot of psychology behind people's feet because, and mostly because they think, okay, well, my feet are, are, uh, Um, They're I'm underneath the desk or they're underneath the table and you can't see them. Um, So there's, you know, if, if you're ever in a room where you can have it where the tables don't have a tablecloth on it, where you can see their feet more, you'll, you'll see what I'm talking about because there's always going to be more physical activity, even when people are sitting down with their feet.
1: Right. Yeah. Wow. That's, that's actually interesting. Uh, Serving in the military. I learned a little bit about, about feet and, um, customs and courtesies. And in the Middle East, you do not show the bottom of your of your shoes ever. So you know mm-hmm. how people sit there and cross their legs, but their one of their legs might be horizontal across the other one. Yeah. Uh that's actually a sign of disrespect. You're actually disrespecting right. uh, people in the Middle East, you can't do that. Um if you if you extend your legs and have your feet crossed and both mm-hmm. shoes are are showing, uh, that's also a sign of disrespect. Not that you're being too comfortable. It's just that any time you show the bottom of your of your shoes, uh, they they look at it as as a sign of disrespect. And so, in different cultures, there's actually, um, you know, like body language rules, I guess you could call it, that there isn't uh, with your hands, with your feet, like yeah. you can't lift your left hand and and you mm-hmm. know because we shake with our right hand, right? You cannot lift your left hand and wave at somebody. Mm-hmm. Uh, in certain cultures, because literally that's the hand that they wipe their butt with. So you, you putting your you putting your left hand up is actually a sign of disrespect to somebody.
0: Yeah, <laughs> and, and that's why I say too the setting is so important because you know if you are speaking at a convention and it's held somewhere else, you know it's it's being held in India or it's being held in Brazil. You know these yeah. are things too you want to you know take. Take the, you know, do you personally know these people? You know, number one. Number two, what's the setting? You know, where are you at? What is it an event? Is it, are you firing someone? You know, you have to take the setting into account as well because that is going to help you determine what certain things mean. But definitely culture, you know, what, what I teach is definitely for, you know, United States, American, Canadian, you know, body language, but, um, yeah, definitely you need to be very aware of that with the setting. If you're, especially if you're speaking overseas.
1: I love it. Very cool. So the focus of the show is that, that transformation. And and we started talking about a transformation that, that happens in the room. Uh, if you are, if, you're a speaker on stage and you're losing a, an audience, like what can you do to transform them into an engaged audience? I'm curious about your transformation. What is a transformational moment that happened to you and changed your life, which puts you on the path to what you're doing today?
0: That's a great question. Um, and you know, as far as that transformation, it didn't so much happen to me on stage. Um, I do have a story about that, but I would say the one that really got me to where I'm focusing now more in the pageant industry, more in the, uh, you know, on speakers is, you know, probably about, I guess we're going on four or five years now. Uh, my mother had gotten very sick. She had open heart surgery. And when she was in the hospital, she contracted a bacterial infection called C. Diff. And it's a very dangerous infection. If you do not get rid of it, it will kill you. And I was going into the What's it called? It's called C. diff. C. Diff. C. Diff. C. Diff. Oh, wow. I, yeah. C. diff. It's, an, it's a bacterial yeah. infection wow. in your gut. Yeah. It's oh, worse wow. than worse so, to kind of give you an idea of what it's like. But I wound Jeez. up, I had a, at the time I was visiting her in ICU and I had had a root canal done. My dentist put me on antibiotics. So I had no, you know, it wiped out my immune system. So when I went to visit her, I contracted it as well. And I had it three different times. The last time I had it, I was sitting in the hospital. It was right after Thanksgiving. I was very depressed. And I'm sitting here with something that could potentially kill me. And at the time, you know, I was doing very well with my business. I, you know, was doing a, a magazine, but it was more on marketing. I was working more in the marketing realm, but with business to business. And You know, I had when I had first started my business, the whole premise, I wanted to work with models and actors, work with pageant contestants. You know, I and I was even speaking at the beginning part of my business and I had gotten away from that. And I kind of just had that moment. I'm like, what am I doing? You know, I'm laying here right now in bed with something that could kill me. Um, What am I doing? You know, life is too short. And when I got out of the hospital, I had to have a procedure done uh, to get rid of this. seed, like to get rid of it once and for all, because the antibiotics were not working. So once I had that done and I was feeling better, I basically went back to, you know, our contributing writers, our team. And I said, listen, this is going to be our last issue of the marketing magazine. I am going to pursue what I really want to do. And, you know, at that point, that's when Pageant Platform was born. Uh, we produced our first issue like not even two months later, and it's been very successful ever since. Um, shortly after that, I got back into you know do, you know being a speaker myself, and then realizing how much the industry changed, I was like clearly this is a pain point for other people. You know I you know because back back when I was went out on my own in 2005 uh you know it was just different you know there were more uh, paid engagements than there were speakers and uh people were seeking you out you really didn't have to do a whole lot of marketing and now everything's flip-flopped it's more of a meeting planner
1: oh platform. yeah
0: yeah. So I was like, as oh, soon as yeah. I figured out the process for myself, I told my team, I said, listen, clearly this is a, a pain point for other speakers. Let's let's offer a service. So that's really where Book Speak Repeat was born. So that was a pivotal moment in my business where things, that's why I tell people, you know, if you write a business plan, do it in pencil, because you are going to make so many mistakes, <laughs> so many changes. You're going to start out on one road and, and you're not going to get back to it until several years later. But it was really one of those things that like, I need, you have to follow your heart. You have to follow what you're passionate about. You really do. Um, and it, it, it was one of the best things that could have actually happened to me. It wasn't the best way. I wouldn't have chosen that way. But I think sometimes things happen to us in life to get us to realize, hey, you know, you've hit a wall. You're not going to be able to go any further until you go in the right direction. Um, so that was a, a, transform, a transformational moment for me uh, personally and professionally even though it didn't happen on stage.
1: Yeah, that's, you're so right. It, it is a pain point for people. And I've been a speaker since 2009 and I've seen it change dramatically where even, even the stars, like, like Tony Robbins, he was like the number one <laughs> motivational speaker. And then he, and then he changes,
0: you know, mm-hmm. he changes
1: up his positioning as a master life strategist. And all of a sudden you start seeing speakers niche down and they're not just, I'm not just a public speaker or I'm not just a motivational keynote speaker. I'm a leadership engagement speaker. I'm a whatever, whatever speaker. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm a resilient speaker. So you, you start seeing the niches and categories start to form right around 14, 15, 16 ish. You start seeing it start to start to come about, and now all you see is I'm a sales speaker. I don't speak about anything else, which is great. Um, mm-hmm. But you're right; there was way more paid opportunities than there were. I would say good speakers because there was there was a lot of opportunities, and now everybody's a speaker. It seems like like everybody's a speaker um, because we have a message to share, and everybody uh, has that that fire to, to share having systems and strategies in your business. Cause I, I too have people that come, I teach them how to be a speaker. I get them booked on podcasts and stages and virtual summits and TEDx and all that stuff. And what I've noticed is that if you're not niched down, if you're not solving a huge problem, you're ju- I don't care how good you are on stage, you're never going to get booked. If the person, if the event planner does not have any clue what you talk about or how it would affect them, there's no way you're ever going to get booked.
0: Mm -hmm. And I would agree with that. I, you know, two things that, that I see that happen a lot are are that, you know, people, you know, and it's just like, I have a couple of different topics, but I also too, you know, again, I don't do any keynotes. I'm more of a breakout workshop. I I speak maybe eight times a year. I have other things going on. So what I'm doing, it, it fits in well. Uh, for what I do. And, you know, would I speak a little bit more? Yeah, probably. But am I looking to do it, you know, where I'm gone every week? Absolutely not. Um, I also tell people too, you know, how you formulate your topic, your summary, your three to five takeaways, having it in a certain format is really helpful to the meeting planner. Um, You know, making, like you said, what problem are you solving? What are they going to be able to implement when they walk So helps you too, because I feel like, you know, people should use, speaking as a paid marketing tool that they get those that's what i like to do you know i normally whenever i go and speak i always get business from the audience and which is great because, you know, that's that's really the the bread and butter of what we all like to get is, is those private training gigs where we can fly in and, and, you know, train the sales staff or customer service staff and, you know, spend a few extra days in whatever city and then go, go back home. Um, but I also find too, Sean, and I don't know if you see this, but I see a lot of speakers now who... It's like they get they're so ex, they've got a message to share. They're so excited about it. They want to help people and then they lose sight of the message and they make it all about the money.
1: Oh, yeah. See that all the time. All the
0: time. And I think, you know, making money, definitely, it's important. But I always tell people, I think if, you, if you're if you passionate about this, it's going to come. It's just like, you know, we were talking about body language earlier. Um, I just finished up a private training segment that I did. It was actually a training segment I was going to do. I was going to fly out to Texas. It was a company in the oil and gas industry that heard me speak, uh, actually two years in a row at the same conference. And the gentleman, the owner, came up to me afterwards and said, do you do private training? I said, yes, I do. And I was able to close that deal after two months. And then everything happened with COVID. So we had to turn it into a virtual training. Um, but logistically, there's, you know, you still have to do follow up, you still have to do, um, you know, do your part as as a speaker, it's delivering great content, but you know, mingle with the audience. I see a lot of speakers who don't do that, they come in, they take the stage, they leave right after they're not really, Engaging with the audience at all, and I'm like, look, that's where your that's where your backup business is. You know, that's where you're going to yep. get your fee. That's where yep. you know you, you need to you know uh, change some of the things that you're doing. And and to me, if you're really an expert at what you do and you can really help people you should want to get out there. You should want to be, you know, Hey, if you know, cause if I'm not willing to promote myself, it's just like I'm on your show right now. And we just shared something on Facebook. We're here on, you know, we're here live and we'll continue to promote the recording because if I believe in my message, I believe in helping other people. So if I'm not going to mm-hmm. promote myself, why should anybody else? You know?
1: <laughs> <laughs> you know, let me, let me just touch on that. Since you're a podcaster and you've had mm-hmm. celebrities on your show, I have had celebrities on my show, and I will tell you, they are the ones who are notorious for not sharing anything. They won't share it to their list. They won't even acknowledge that they were on a show. They just come in for the interview and leave. And I'm like, you know, you would think that you would send it out everywhere, but I guess they have so much media recognition that they feel, I don't know, maybe they're doing somebody a favor. I have no idea. But the ones that share it out are the ones that are hungry, the ones that are up and coming, the ones that are like, I need, need this media, I need this podcast episode, you know, and they're the they're the ones that are energized. They're the ones that send it out everywhere.
0: Mm-hmm. So I I, well, you know, I, feel, I I just think it's I just yeah. think it's mind blowing. It is. Well, I feel like, too, I, I feel like I kind of lucked out with my celebrities. Now, I got Barbara Corcoran on my show when she first started with Shark Tank. I've tried to get her back, you know, since then. No, no dice. Um, there's just no way. So, um she was fairly good though about promoting it. She just reshared what I what we tagged her in and then uh Larry yeah. Winget, I I've, I've interviewed him twice. He's been pretty good about that. Jeffrey Hazlett I think was probably the best because he really understands marketing. You know, he was the CMO of Kodak yep. and then of course he was on uh, Donald Trump's Apprentice show at one point. Um and yep. then of course uh, Kim Parrish, who is a former Miss West Virginia QVC talk show host, she also was very good about promoting her episode. Um, it was right after she had written the book, a children's book. So. You know, and I've had, but I've also had others who, yeah, they don't promote it. But I always tell people look at it this way, regardless of how big you get, you know, always promote it because, Mm -hmm. again, you never know who's, who it pops up in their feed. They're having that day. You have what they need to hear. And to me, that's what it's all about. It's reaching those people that you don't even realize you reached them. You may never know. You may never know.
1: Yep. Absolutely. So you do a lot. You are the publisher of pageant platform magazine that hosts the host of pageant platform podcast, which is great that you have the brand synergy there. Somebody would have a pageant platform magazine and then another podcast would be something about body language.
0: <laughs> like, mm-hmm. you know
1: what I mean? So, so love the, love the brand um, synergy. You are an author of a lot of books. You, uh, highly sought after speaker and media guests. And one of the ones that, that stuck out, stuck out to me was create your own media series for podcasting, publishing and publicity, which I think is very important right this moment because this show is live. Uh, Mm -hmm. we're, we're literally, you know, April 30th, we are in the middle of the pandemic, you know, hoping to reopen, Whatever. But how are people getting publicity right now? And, you know, for, for me, I was speaking 20 to 25 times a year, mm-hmm. you know, at live events. And I'm not a pay to play guy. So there's a pay to play model, right? You pay 2000 $5,000. i have seen people pay $20,000 to speak on stage for 45 minutes. And then you get to sell your high ticket offer at the end of the talk, which turns into mm-hmm. a huge pitch fest. You're not doing it right. Yeah. However. If you're not able to do that, how else are you able to speak and how else are you able to sell? And right now it's virtual summits
0: mm-hmm. and podcasts. Right. And, you know, my Create Your Own Media series, a colleague of mine at the time, she was really pushing me. She said, you need to write, you know, get these into books, you know, because I had a, a book that I had written years before. And she said, there's actually three books here. And she kind of walked me through the process of getting that, you know, where they were each separate. So for the people who wanted more information about podcasting, because I'm, you know, just like I I actually started, you know, doing podcasting back in 2009 uh, on Blog Talk Radio. Wow. You know, yeah. So. <laughs> (laughs) I, you know, I, that's one of the things I tell people, you know, I think having a podcast is very important. You, you have to want to put the work in though, that it's a lot of work. Uh, That's why I also tell people too, when you're a guest on someone's show, you need to be promoting it. You need, and and use it in your marketing efforts. People, they miss a lot of that. Um, I got the Wastewater Treatment Show, which I have spoken at three years in a row. Um, great show over 30,000 people go or businesses go to that show every year in Indianapolis. Um, I get business from that show every year. I only get paid $700. So I'm basically that covers my airfare and and one night at the hotel. And that's pretty much it. But the reason I keep going back is because I get business from the audience. Heck yeah! I get much more than what I would, but if I'm not there, they don't know about me. So, for example, that show, when I first applied to speak at that, at the Wastewater Show, the application I filled out, they wanted a a video of me speaking. Now, I have, well, I just Mm -hmm. actually got it. I'm so proud. I just finally got uh, one of the attendees took video of me speaking at one of the events. So I now Uh, have a video. I've never had video. And I work on time. Oh yeah, but here's what that's I did, crazy. and this is why podcasting, being a guest like on your show, is very important and how you can use it. So what I did, Sean, I had been asked to speak on JV Crumb's show. The I think it was the Millionaire. Uh, that's a good friend
1: of mine. JV uh, is a good friend yeah. of mine.
0: Great guy, great show. Yep. And Conscious anyway, Millionaire. Conscious Millionaire. Yeah, I think that's that was the name yep. of the one I was on. I know he does yep. a couple. He does like five. (laughs) Yeah, I know. He does quite a few. So there was a gentleman who reached out Uh, to me, and he said, you know, I I heard you on J.V. Crumb's show. I would love it if you could come and and talk on my show. It's for contractors, for plumbers, electricians, and share some tips and suggestions. And I never turn down any opportunities. If somebody wants me to be on their show, no questions asked. I'm honored. I jump right (laughs) on it. And uh, anyway, long story short, I was on this gentleman's show, and um, I think it's called The Contractor's Secret Weapon. So when they had asked me, they said, we'd love to see a video of you speaking. And I was like, well, I don't have one, but here's me doing an interview, a podcast interview, talking to, sharing tips to the same type of audience, you know, plumbers, electricians, um, contractors. You know, I think this will help you. And I submitted my application a few days later. Cindy Barand, who actually does the speaker selection for that show, she sent me an email and she said, um, and I had applied to speak on body language. I said, could I come and speak on that? So she said, let's have a conversation. She said to me, and this is how I knew she listened to the podcast. I'm the daughter of a contractor. My father was an electrician. You know, so when I was growing up, I was out in the field with him. I, you know, he taught me a lot of different things. And um, I had shared that on the show. She didn't know that. So that's how she knew I was, you know, she listened to the show. I sent it over to her and she said, actually, what I would like for you to do is come and speak. We only have about 300 women out of 30,000 people, only 300 are women that come to this show. Would you be willing to come and speak on, um, Succeeding in a male dominated industry because you know, publishing is pretty much a male dominated industry. So it was my first Uh, crack at doing something kind of motivational, but I was like, you know, it's not too far for me to bend my tree. So I said, yes, I jumped at the opportunity, but that's how I got into that show. And I've been asked back ever since. Yeah. So that's the power of using a podcast interview. It's all, it's not about your audience, Sean, it's about how I utilize this interview. And like some of the things that I've done, I'll use it like, oh, hey, by the way, here's the latest podcast interview that I did. I'll send it to a speaker so they can hear me, you know, and a lot of times if they listen to the show or if they read the article that I penned, um, you know, it really does. Because media, it does give you that advantage of establishing you as the expert because there's someone else that recognized you, that brought you on their platform. So it's all in how you use it.
1: I love it. Uh, That's awesome love 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 that's how it should be mm-hmm. yeah you know, i've gotten clients from podcasts uh, you know i was on a couple of podcasts and people like man i want to coach with you i want to be a speaker i want to be you know i want to i want to launch my business or a podcast mm-hmm. you know so i mean yeah uh it it incredible opportunity from um, being on shows so as we close the show i want to give a takeaway okay. if if nobody listens to the episode except for this moment they tune in right now what is the takeaway what do you want them to know and understand about our conversation today
0: do not lose sight of your message because you never know who needs to hear it
1: love it oh it's powerful i love it any last words
0: Um, gosh, well I think we've covered the gamut this hour. Um gosh, any (laughs) last words? No, I mean if anybody, you know, um, you know, we have my site that's in there, so if people want to connect with me, they can. They can just visit our Facebook page or or go to the site. I'm always happy to have a conversation. I can't always help everyone, but I try to point them in the right direction if I can. But if you're a speaker, get interviewed, you know, and now is a great time to do that. You know, it's been a great time, but you know, now more than ever, you know, you have downtime in your business. So you should be getting interviewed, write articles for other people's publications and blogs and get your, get your name out there.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Now's the time for virtual summits and now's a good time to host your own virtual summit. So everybody should be doing that. Okay absolutely been amazing. I've learned a lot. I know the listeners have learned a lot. You brought fire, you brought energy, you brought the value. So thank you so much for being a guest on Life Transformation Radio.
0: Well, thank you again, Sean. I'm just truly honored. And thank you for letting me spend time with your audience today.
1: Absolutely. And I wish you the best in the rest of 2020.
0: You as well.
1: Life Transformation Radio listeners, an amazing guest impacting the world around her. If anything has resonated with our conversation on Life Transformation Radio today, connect with Carrie Heaps at BookSpeakRepeat.com forward slash speaker. You can go to her Facebook link right there in the show notes, send her a friend request. Don't be creepy. Let her know that you listened to her episode of Life Transformation Radio. And with that, I close the show by saying live your brand. Find opportunities every day to live out the core values that you hold deep in your heart. And I call this living your brand. So until next episode, live a great life.